Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. On today's episode, we, we are continuing our discussion on the need for Christian apologetics. The need for Christian apologetics. And in my view, I believe that every church, every local church, every global church, ought to have training that includes the methodology of apologetics. If we are going to go out and share the gospel, preach and teach Jesus Christ, the people that we visit, the people that we approach, the people that we encourage, they will ask us questions about our faith. And when they ask us questions, we can't be offended. We can't be defensive. We ought to be open and transparent. And be ready to give each man or woman, boy and girl, an answer, a reason for the hope that lies within us. And to do that with gentleness and respect. God expects for us to go out and share the gospel. God expects for us to evangelize. God expects for us to proselytize. God expects for us to share the faith, uh, the hope that has been passed on from generations to generations, rooted in the accomplishments of Jesus Christ. So our livelihood is centered around this one objective, which is to glorify God, and through that glorification, through the praising, through the worship, and by worship, I'm not just talking about music. I'm talking about a lifestyle. Worshiping God through our lifestyle, worshiping God by what we say, worshiping God by what, uh, what we read, which is the uh, scriptures, uh, worshiping God by how we study the scriptures, worshiping God by how we meditate on the scriptures, worshiping God cerebrally, meaning uh, the passage tells us that we ought to worship God with all of our heart, soul, and mind, that knows. And that's what I want to highlight is, is the mind. Uh, that's something about the mind, and God knows uh, how he created us. So when he tells us to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove that good and acceptable and perfect will of God, which is your reasonable service. Once we become Christians, we are uh, accepted into God's family, but he expects for us to do our part. And, and that part is, what are we reading? What are we listening to? Who are we listening to? What are we putting in place for us to not violate God's heavenly standards? So when we talk about uh, glorifying God, when we talk about worshiping God, we're not just talking about singing about those things. We're talking about all of us who profess to be Christians intentionally adjusting our lives 
to glorify God. And why am I talking about this? I'm sharing this because uh, there needs to be a real life example that people that live with us or people that we work with, people that see us on the freeway, people that see us in the grocery stores or at the postal office, people that see us on vacation, they ought to be um, able to see a difference in us. We can't talk about how good Jesus is if he's not being good to us, meaning that uh, not that Jesus isn't good, but we're not allowing him to have access over our lives. We're saying one thing and we're doing another. But every church ought to have an apologetics um, department or apologetics inserted into the curriculum. We're living in the 21st century, and there's more confused people now than in history, in my estimation. We have pastors that are confused. We have deacons that are confused. We have trustees that are confused, and we definitely have laypersons that are confused. So if the church is confused, then what hope do the world have if the church is confused? But God always has a remnant. God always has a remnant. And if we do our part, God can use us in a mighty and miraculous way. So apologetics is important. All Christians need to study. All Christians need to equip themselves. So when we talk about Jesus and somebody asks us why, we'll be better prepared to answer the the why questions. And again, I'm not saying that one person knows everything because one person does not know everything. I don't know everything and you don't know everything. But When I encounter someone who asks me a question about my faith, about Jesus Christ, and I'm unable to answer that question, the first thing I do is pray that God leads me to the source or the answer. And sometimes uh, I go straight to the scriptures and, 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 and find it. Other times I have to call someone. I have to call a mentor. I have to call somebody in Christ that uh, uh, that walks with wisdom. It's okay. God gave each one of us to one another inside the, the Christian family and Christian circle. And it's okay to tell that individual, you know what? I don't have the answer right now, but let me uh, take down your contact information and I'll make sure that you get the answer that you're talking about. And when we're talking about, uh, when, I, when I'm talking about answers, I'm talking about uh, though that information that exists outside of miracles. Miracles uh, it, it, uh, is a category by itself. It, it's knowledge that belongs to God alone. Now, I'm talking actually mysteries, not miracles. I'm sorry. Mysteries is knowledge that belongs to God alone. Mysteries. And under the uh, um, mysteries, uh, God has information that we're not privy to. Those are mysteries. But there's a lot more in the world in terms of answers and knowledge that God has accessible to us if we would only apply ourselves. So last week, we gave examples of different 
uh, Christian um, individuals who engaged in apologetics during their lifetime. Uh, We talked about Irenaeus, and we talked about Tertullian, and we talked about St. Augustine of Hippo. We talked about Clement of Alexandria and Thomas Aquinas. So let me uh, review, and then we'll talk, uh, we'll wrap up the uh, last few figures uh, of uh, Christian thought. So we talked about Tertullian, who lived in the second century, uh, and we said that Tertullian um, was the first to utilize the title Trinity. So when you, when you talk about Trinity inside your churches, uh, we uh, owe Tertullian um, uh, expression or knowledge of thanks because he was the first to uh, come up with that title. Now, just because he came up with the title Trinity and in the Latin Trinitas, it doesn't mean that he created the doctrine. The doctrine already existed in Scripture. Tertullian just put a title on it. So, uh, sometimes when you talk to people that are not Christians, especially those in other cults, uh, some of them will say, well, uh, the word Trinity is not in the Bible. So, uh when you talk about tr- uh, Trinity, it, does, it doesn't exist or it's, uh, it's illegitimate as a doctrine because we don't see the word Trinity in the Bible. And we always respond uh, as believers that we don't see the word Bible in the Bible either, but yet we know what it represents. So even if we didn't call it the doctrine of the Trinity, if we call it the doctrine of three in oneness, it doesn't take away the fact that the doctrine still exists. All uh, Tertullian did was just put a label on it. So we can't allow other people to distract us from our doctrinal positions. So Tertullian, that's what he's known for. And then St. Augustine of Hippo, uh, he wrote The City of God as well as Confessions. And um, St. Augustine, uh, he was able to use philosophy along with theology to argue for God and godly uh, doctrines. Clement of Alexandria uh, is the next person that I want to talk about, Clement of Alexandria. And um, again, we're talking about Alexandria, uh, Egypt, Egypt, which is in Africa. And it's interesting, there's a lot of Africans in terms of citizenship um, when we talk about early Christian apologetics. St. Augustine of uh, Hippo, which is in Algeria, and that's in Africa. Uh, Tertullian, uh, he also uh, ministered in Africa. So we thank God for his global use of whosoever will um, to carry out his kingdom agenda. So Clement of, of Alexandria, uh, second century. Clement was a theologian as well as a philosopher. Again, uh, here we, we have an example of a Christian who, allowing, who allows God to use his mind uh, to carry out the advancement of kingdom building. And uh, he's, Clement of Alexandria also, of course, lived in Egypt, right? We talked about Alexandria being in Egypt. He, uh, he promoted the idea of Christians using philosophy in their apologetics. So that is a noteworthy um, position that we all can learn from as Christians in, in modern-day uh, 
work of modern day ministry, Clement of Alexandria. Then Thomas Aquinas, uh, when I was in seminary, uh, one of my professors, uh, he really um, used uh, Thomas Aquinas as his mentor um, from research and from reading uh, his materials. And when you read the works of Aquinas, you can see how God can use anybody, how God, uh, since he created science, since God created logic, God can use any individual who have the passion to better glorify these disciplines. And when I say better glorify these disciplines, the world is full of uh, uh, philosophers. The world is full of people who study logic, but outside of the Holy Spirit uh, being in them, outside of the influence of God, they use it for worldly purposes. They write all of these books, all of these uh, creeds. They write all of these uh, um, uh, mandates, and the, the uh, libraries are filled with human thoughts based on logic and philosophy, and they leave God out. But to fully express what God's intentions were for philosophy, for logic, you must be a Christian. And that's to me, is the best of both worlds where you're a Christian, you, you know God intimately, and you're able to see nature through the lens of Jesus who created you. That makes you in a, a, a great candidate to see the world fully. You see, looking at it through a Christian worldview. You, you're, you're not only looking at the physical world, you're looking at the metaphysical world. You're able to appreciate uh, the human body as well as the human soul. So uh, when you're a Christian, uh, you're incorporating both aspects of our reality. We are both body and soul. And what many in the world do is they ignore the soul. They ignore the metaphysical because they can't test it with their physical eyes. They can't touch it with their physical hands. So as a result, because they only lean on their senses, they reject many things that are metaphysical, like the soul, like the spirit, like prayer, like God, because God is spirit. And they reject God because they physically can't touch God. They physically can't see God, so they reject this whole realm of reality. But back to Thomas Aquinas. He was a Christian theologian and philosopher, and he used um, Aristotelian logic. And for those of you uh, who remember that name, we're talking about Aristotle. Aristotle um, was able to express uh, human uh, conformity, human um, actions by studying and unpacking how we as humans follow logic or we ought to follow logic. Uh, and again, he didn't create logic. He, he found the logic that God had already placed here on earth. And logic, uh, it just uh, rules for proper behavior. That's the definition of logic. It's rules for proper behavior. And God placed in this world the four laws of logic that all of us are supposed to follow. And, and um, he made it available, these four, four laws of logic. He made it available for believers as well as non-believers. So Aristotle was able to discover 
the logic that God already placed here. But logic alone is not going to get you saved. You must first know Jesus. And then once you know Jesus, these laws of logic make a lot more sense. So Aquinas, um, he argued for the material cause matter. And I'm not going to get too deep into it uh, because this is not one of my philosophy classes. Uh, he talked about the material cause, uh, which is the stuff, matter. Uh, matter is the stuff. Uh, it's, it's potential that, that which things can become. Uh, then he argued for formal cause. Then he argued for efficient cause. Then he argued for final cause. So uh, he was using Aristotelian logic to argue for God. And he affected many, many, many believers in the sense that those that uh, argue for God on a scholarly level now had someone they can look at and, and uh, research study that Aquinas had developed benefited other Christians. So when you're in college and, and you're arguing for God, you can study Thomas Aquinas' work and learn how he argued for God. Uh, outside of the scripture, uh, meeting people where they are so we can bring them to the scriptures. So uh, before I go any further, I know many of you have been listening to us and you're waiting for the code word for this week. And the code word for this week is Trinity. Code word for this week is Trinity. And if you email us at info at srministries.org, uh, the first individual uh, who's able to give us the code word, uh, you will receive one of our complimentary books. So um, if you desire to have a book, uh, simply email us at info at srministries.org, and the code word is Trinity. So before we close this episode, I wanted to just remind everyone why we do what we do. One of my favorite books is by Paul Little, the late Paul Little, and he wrote a very user-friendly uh, book on apologetics. The first one is know what you believe. Know what you believe. We have to know what we believe. What is it that you believe in? Then his second book uh, is know why you believe. Know why you believe. Uh, in those two books um, I have in my library, and we, I've even used it with some of my uh, youth groups over the years, and it's very simple, very basic, but it'll get you started in terms of uh, apologetics and knowing why we as Christians believe what we believe. And apologetics, I can't say this enough. Apologetics is not just for big churches. Apologetics is not just for educated churches. Apologetics is not just for uh, those who use their hands. Apologetics is not just for people who want to get deep. Apologetics is for every believer, every believer. Um, there are some questions that I've been asked over the years, and I just wanted to share it with you so you'll know that apologetics, number one, is important, and number two, it involves you. It involves you. Apologetics involves you. And if you go to the first episode on this series, uh, or the first two episodes, I unpack what apologetics is. But here's uh, some of the questions which demonstrates that we need apologetics now more than ever. 
I've been asked the question, how do we get the Bible? And I know how to answer it, but the question is, do you know how to answer it? If your grandchildren came up to you and say, Papa or Grammy or Nana, how do we get the Bible? And they're, they're sincere. And it's not acceptable for us to shoo them away or to ignore their questions or to give them questions that are not, or give them answers that are not accurate. Yes, we can send them to our pastors. Yes, we can send them to our deacons. But what if they're not accessible? What if they're not available? Then what do you do? So it's important that all of us prepare to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman who need not be embarrassed, rightly dividing the word of God. So how do we get the Bible? That's one of the questions. Then the second question uh, that I've been asked is, uh, is the doctrine of the Trinity derived or did it originate from paganism? And um, that's part of the Jehovah Witnesses doctrine. They accuse Christians of this pagan doctrine called the Trinity. um, And they argue that uh, they found artifacts in history that were similar to the doctrine of the Trinity. And to be honest, yes, there are some similarities, but it's not the same. The way that they describe it, it is not the same. The doctrine of the Trinity did not come from pagan origins. Um, and if you have a question about the Trinity, uh, you can email uh, us at info at srministry.org, and I can send you the document on the Trinity. Then another question is, um, and this comes often from children, uh, if everything that's created uh, has a creator or beginning, then who created God? How would you answer that? How would you answer that when, when your grandchildren come up to you and say, where did God come from and who created God? Uh, the other question is, can Christians lose their salvation? And just to help you out, the answer is no. And I know there are some within churches that argue that you can lose your salvation, but um, that's not biblical um, in my view. So, again, uh, we are assured of our salvation Uh, Once we are in the hands of Jesus, no one can pluck us out, and um, we we, we are redeemed into the day of salvation. Um, Is Jesus fully God, or is he a smaller God? Um, Islam teaches that Jesus was not divine, but he was just a good prophet, a good man that God used. uh, So he was almost like a sage, a human sage, and he is robbed of his divinity in the doctrine of of, of, of Islam. Same thing with Jehovah Witnesses. Uh, they reject that Jesus is equal to the Father in terms of his divinity. They make him a lesser God. So in their New World Translation, you will see that G, uh, there's a small g and not a capital G when they're uh, talking about Jesus and when it's referring to his divinity. So our time has come to a close. Um, we'll see you on the next episode next week. Uh, we thank you all for your prayers. We thank you all for your encouragement, uh, for all the people that uh, send us email uh, and all the people that we run into. And then uh, we need your financial contribution. Uh, we are a nonprofit, and it's a tax write-off uh, for those who desire to write it off. Uh, but we do need your donations. So if you go to our website, uh, you can give there or you can make your donations out to SRM or Sound Reasoning Ministries, P.O. Box 582-306, Elk Grove, California, 95758. 
And remember to always do for the truth what so many people do for a lie. May the Lord bless you. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And we're from Salty Saints Podcast. We're a theology and apologetics podcast. To find out more, subscribe at lifeaudio.com.